When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out here with me today. I don't know how long I'm going to go. I just know I was sitting in the house, and as I'm recording this, so New Year's Day, Happy New Year's to everyone, I'm watching a deluge, a deluge of snow just batter the front of my house and I was like I'm not really doing anything today and outside of of watching Infinity War and playing chess why not do a podcast about the college football playoffs because I spent New Year's Eve consuming football that was all I was about well there was the DeMar DeRozan thing I know I keep talking about adding a Bulls podcast to House of L. I, I, that's going to happen. I just can't figure out if I'm the person who's going to do that <laughs> or I'm going to get someone else to do a Bulls podcast for me here on House of L. But yesterday, I finished the show early because the, the Bulls game was a 2 o'clock tip-off, which was great for me. It gave me a chance. I was literally home by tip-off. And ordinarily, because of transition, like we usually go pretty long in our transitions with the afternoon show. It was a whole like hour earlier that I got home. So I'm, I got home at, at 2 o'clock, was able to clean up a little bit and, and get ready for the game, like order up food, like all of that good stuff for, for watching Alabama versus Cincinnati. Who knew that that game was the more entertaining game of the two? When I was looking at the two games, I'm like, yeah, you put Bama-Cincinnati on early because you expect that Alabama will take care of business versus Cincinnati. Now, they did. I thought Cincinnati played hard. They just did. They don't have enough. Like When you start looking at how good the players are, and there are some, some pros on Cincinnati, like Desmond Ritter, is going to be a first-round pick. I do think that in watching that game, there are going to be scouts, and you are going to see video of some of his deficiencies against Alabama for the next few months. And one of those things is the Alabama defenders were smart enough to understand that if they couldn't get to Ritter, they had to knock the ball down. So they got their their hands up. Like even when there was decent protection for Ritter, they got their hands up and were knocking down passes. And I imagine that over the next few months, that is going to be the thing that scouts and and probably Ritter. I would imagine that Ritter will probably look at it and be like, "Hey, why am I running into a bunch of passes being broken up at the line of scrimmage?" So give the Alabama defenders 
credit for doing that in, in the game. Like I, I thought they did an excellent job of that, and and it made Cincinnati lesser because there were opportunities for those those plays to end up being scoring plays or plays that are converting first down, and Alabama did a great job to stop that from being the case. Will Anderson is amazing. I'm I'm such a fan of his. And if you watched him last night, I agreed with the announcers that he should have been invited to New York. I think that he's just as good as Aiden Hutchinson. His numbers were just as good as Aiden Hutchinson. I think both those guys deserve to to be in the Heisman conversation, but whatever. We'll get an opportunity to watch Will Anderson, and then in a couple years we'll see him in the NFL, I think, being in the middle of somebody's defense. And and I think that Desmond Ritter is going to go on and, and be a decent pro. But what was interesting about Bama versus Cincinnati was the run game for Alabama. And it might look like when you look at the the stats and say, oh, you know, Brian Robinson went 26 for 204. You're like, oh, well, Alabama just decided they were going to run the ball. That's yes and no. Yes, they decided that they wanted to control the game through the ground if Cincinnati played in a way that took away the pass game. Cincinnati's got a really good back four, by the way. But what you saw was really... RPO stuff you saw Bryce Young do a great job of reading what the defense was doing and instead of at the mesh point taking the ball out and then passing it he saw that they had the numbers in the run game and so Robinson he 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 took care of that you he had a great day I mean Alabama ran the ball for 300 yards in the game and they ran it 47 times. But I would say, and I'd have to go back and look at the tape, but I would say that half of of Bryce of Brandon Robinson, Brandon, Brian Robinson's runs were off of RPOs and good decisions by Bryce Young. But it turned out it was kind of a boring game once that Alabama had established that they could impose their will and run it. And you end up looking at Bryce Young's numbers, 17 of 28, 181 yards, three touchdowns for him, hooked up on a huge pass with Ja'Cory Brooks for 44 yards down the sidelines. That kid, You know what I don't understand about him, Bryce Young? I don't understand how a kid that is that young has that type of poise and calm. I aspire to that. He seems to be unfazed by a lot of things, and that's that's hard to do. Slade Bolden, by the way, had only three catches, but his two catches early in the game I thought were huge. One of them was obviously a touchdown, but even before that he had a third down conversion that I thought change the math on what Alabama's offense would look like. And John Mechie was not available for the game. And so you were going to see that they were going to have to figure out ways to get the ball to Jamison Williams and and to Slade Bolden. You saw Ja'Cory Brooks in there. 
But once they were able to run the ball as effectively and Bryce Young was making all of the, the right decisions at the mesh point, they didn't really have to. They, they, they could just kind of will their way to the win. And, and so Cincinnati's season ends. Here's what I want to say about Cincinnati, and I know that there are some people who look at this as some sort of referendum on any time that we talk about college football and we get down to the end, and I'm sure at some point I'll do it too. I'll, I'll start chanting SEC, SEC, just to mess with people, just to troll them. But Cincinnati was as worthy as anyone else who was available whether it was Oklahoma State or Notre Dame or whomever you want to put in, they were they were as good. They they clearly beat Notre Dame earlier this year, but they were as good as anyone else. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For one hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And so it's, I'm happy that they made it. I'm happy that a, a non-Power 5 made it. And I don't think the way that they lost to Alabama, they were 13 and a half point underdogs. They end up losing the game 27-6. I don't think that that says, well, you can't have a a group of five team in the playoffs because they just can't compete with teams like Alabama. I, I don't think that you can draw that conclusion. In the same way that I don't think that you can, well, maybe. You could, in trying to figure out, like, conference dominance, it's a really bizarre it's a really bizarre argument that goes on on social media where people are like, well, you know, the SEC's not good. Alabama and Georgia are good. I, who cares? Like, I, I, If those two teams are in your conference, your conference is made a hell of a lot more difficult. And at this point, I, I don't know what the argument is. Like, is the argument that the SEC isn't good? Because that's a terrible argument. And I, I do think that the bottom of the SEC is better than most conferences. A team, and that's not even the bottom. I shouldn't say that about Arkansas. That's a, that's a top 25 team. Arkansas would win the Pac-12. You know what I'm saying? Like that, Arkansas and Texas A&M are, are great teams compared to the other teams in football, not compared to Alabama and Georgia. And Alabama and Georgia, and it might be because Nick Saban's done a great job and Kirby Smart has done a great job of, of following in his footsteps and building this hellified defense that they have in Athens. But it's weird. It's so weird how if an SEC team loses in a bowl game, then it's proof that the SEC is not good. And I'm like, I don't know how much any of this stuff matters. What, is it, what does it mean? Like, Kentucky loses in a bowl game? Like, that says that the SEC is not good? Come on. We kind of know who the good teams are regardless of conference. And we know who, who over the last few years, who the four really good teams are in college football. 
It's Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. That's who it is. So Michigan gets in there this year. They had a great year. Had a tremendous year. Jim Harbaugh, I really appreciate about Jim Harbaugh that he looked at his staff and he got younger. That that he was looking for some inspiration and some youth. And he put some inspiration and youth on his coaching staff. And and I think that it it made them it made them better. I was shocked that they got blown out by Georgia. Maybe it's the bias of watching Georgia collapse all over itself in the SEC title game. But I felt like Michigan had enough. Like they had they have two really great pass rushers. And I thought that that would be problematic for Stetson Bennett. That Michigan would go out there and they would be able to put enough pressure on him that he would cough up the ball, that he would make mistakes. And that didn't happen. That that didn't happen in the game. They they did not they were not able to do that at all. And Stetson Bennett, to his credit, I, I'm not a huge fan of his. He played great versus Michigan. 21-31, 310 yards, three touchdowns. The kid didn't make any mistakes. He had two passes of 50 yards or more in the game. It was nuts. That pass to Cook, that pass to Burton. But that defense, man, they are terrifying. Four sacks in the game, six tackles for loss in the game. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And that game was just over. It was it was over in the first in at the, at the end of the first quarter, you had a sense that Michigan was not ready for this game. And you saw them say, We're gonna go in a different direction instead of McNamara. They they went with McCarthy, the, the kid from, from the Chicagoland area. And they were like, we need to get, we need to make sure that we have a, a, a quarterback that can run a little bit. Like, we got to do something to take the pressure off. And none of it worked. And, and he looked young against that, that defense, and it was ugly. 7-17 when he was throwing the ball. And the K McNamara threw two interceptions in the game. Like it was just, it's just a nightmare. It was just a nightmare. So here we are. We are in the place where a lot of people don't want to be. And I, I think that that's partially why we see people react the way they do to the SEC. Like they're trying to 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 take something away from the SEC. Like, well, the SEC is whack and and all this stuff. It, it's because they. At the end of it, you have Bama versus Georgia again. The SEC championship game again. And maybe there are people that don't want to see it. I want to see it. Here's why. Obviously, I'm an Alabama fan, so I'm rooting for Alabama. I want to see if they can, can they duplicate the game plan that made Georgia uncomfortable. And... Georgia was bad in the red zone in the SEC championship game, and they didn't convert third downs. Like, all of that stuff. Can Alabama do that without Mechie because he's not going to be available for that game too? And can they continue to 
make Stetson Bennett look like he's the 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 thing that's keeping Georgia from winning a title. He played great against Michigan. He played like trash against Bama. And I remember talking with Alex Brown, and he said, look, that guy is not the right quarterback for them. And I know that it sucks. Like, it sucks for people that now we're back in a place where it's like the SEC is at it again. But if Georgia and and Bama have built these programs and they are the two best programs, like, I wouldn't – it's weird. I wouldn't begrudge if this was USC and Ohio State or Texas and Oklahoma. If they're the two best teams, they're the two best teams. And everyone keeps trying to get to this spot of we have to make it more democratic. Well, there is some of that. Like, there is some of the democracy, but it ends up playing out. It's why, like, I, I talked to, to one of my friends who's a huge SEC hater. And we were talking when the college football playoff rankings came out, which come out six weeks before we even determine who's going to end up in the playoffs. And he was upset because Alabama and Georgia were there. I'm like, this stuff is going to play out over these next six weeks. Like, there were big games that were ahead. And what did we see happen? We saw Michigan State lose. We saw, you know, Michigan beat Ohio State. Like, all of the things we saw Cincinnati kept winning. But we saw all of this stuff that played out that that was going to get you to the point where you had ideally the four best teams. And to me, there's no argument about the four teams that were chosen. None. Oklahoma State is not good. I, they're not. Not on this level. And Cincinnati had beat Notre Dame. Th- those are the only two teams that we're possibly talking about. When you see what's happened with Oregon, considering what, happened, what they did to Ohio State at the beginning of the year, like what a fraudulent team they were. So there's no one else that you're putting into the discussion here. This is what it is. Cincinnati had their chance. Michigan had their chance. And as I said before, I was really surprised that they got blown out. But I'm looking forward to it. Like, I'm really looking forward to more Bama versus Georgia and what it's going to be like. And the other thing that Alex reminded me of was the Georgia kids have never beaten Bama. Like, this group of Georgia kids have never beaten Bama. And he said that that plays a significant role. There's a psychological advantage that they have going into the game. And we'll find out. I'm sure I'll do more preview stuff leading into this, but we'll find out if if there's more here. If Bama can take, if Georgia can take away from what they did against Michigan and what they've learned since losing to Bama, like what things will they do better? Is Kirby Smart a better tactician than Nick Saban? Now the answer to that is probably no. I think that now that Bama is kind of healthy, things even out. George's defense is still really good. Can they be good against Bama? Can they... I'm probably guilty of going, man, their defense isn't that good. And then you start looking at their 
their schedule and saying, well, who, who were these teams that they were only allowing seven points a game to? That's probably not fair. It looks like, and Kirby Smart had talked about it after the game, it looks like what happened against Bama was a great team played poorly. And now they get an opportunity to redeem themselves with this game in the national championship. The stakes are high. Shout out to De La Soul. Which one of those guys do you trust to make the correction? Kirby Smart defensively is one of the smartest play callers, play designers in football. Not college football, in football. I would highly recommend that you look at some of his coaching videos. And the stuff that he put together for the Mint package is incredible. But Nick Saban, you give him an extra few days, he's putting stuff together. It's hard to pick against Bama. Even though, strangely enough, when I woke up this morning, Bama was the underdog in the game. I'm not even really a betting guy, but if I was ever going to bet, bet on Bama, right? That's what they actually say down in Tuscaloosa, bet on Bama. They don't, they mean like in an academic way, not like bet on the University of Alabama, not Alabama football. But I'm like, eh, maybe I should make a sizable wager on this. I'll talk with Joe and see what he thinks about it, which way he's going, because usually he he's figured it all out. But, that's what I wanted to do today, and I'm glad that we did it. A little quick college football podcast for you. Next year, I think I'm going to do more of this. Maybe not even here, like maybe more on the show. It's weird, though, because early on, like early weeks of college football, you're like, oh, Illinois beat Nebraska. And that stuff doesn't seem to matter all that much. But I do love watching college football, and I, I like some of the ways that it changes and hate some of the ways that it stays the same. But I'm glad that we have this rematch, that both Georgia and Alabama earn their way back to this rematch, and we get to see who's who and what's what. I appreciate you listening. We got a couple more episodes coming out this week, obviously after the Bears game is done. And then I'm going to have... Some some good guests over the next few weeks, man. I've done some incredible interviews that are already in the can, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Go listen to the sports-adjacent year-end review. Man, it's good. And Cam Ellis came through. He was very, very funny. Thanks for listening to me do a little dalliance with college football. I'll talk to you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.